Kira, and welcome to the second episode of my podcast, International Education Intel. Uh, I am your host, Sush Medikirke. Today, we focus on China. Uh, the total number of uh, coronavirus cases in China stood at 82,885. The good news, however, is that China reported only two new cases on 6th of May. Uh, schools have now reopened in Wuhan. China's major cities are returning to a semblance of normalcy. Uh, to discuss the current situation and what the future holds for Chinese students interested in studying in New Zealand, I am joined by two guests today. Uh, firstly, welcome uh, Janet Wong, who is the Managing Director of JJL Overseas Education Auckland Branch and also the General Manager of JJL Overseas Education Melbourne Branch. Uh, JJL is headquartered in Beijing with 49 centrally owned branch offices in China. It was founded in 1999 and is one of the first study abroad service providers jointly approved by the Chinese Ministry of Education, the Ministry of Public Security, and the State Administration for Industry and Commerce. Uh, JJL has a professional team of over 2,000 employees across China and has over a decade of international education consulting experience and has facilitated hundreds of thousands of successful candidates to realize their dream of studying abroad. Uh, my second guest is uh, Brian Zhao, the Regional Manager of China and East Asia at Weltec and Fitireya. Uh, Brian is responsible for student recruitment and marketing across China and East Asia. He's been involved in international education marketing for well over a decade. Brian's also responsible for Weltec and Fitireya's institutional partnerships in China and across East Asia. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank Thanks you, for inviting us, Sush. Uh, excellent. Uh, look, the idea behind this podcast is to discuss uh, rather than uh, rather than an interview uh, kind of format. Mm -hmm. So, um, my idea today was to uh, just get get an update from you on where things are at in China, um, the current situation, and uh, what what the future holds, basically. So, Janet, would you like to give us an update on what's what's happening? Uh, yes, sure. I mean, uh, since the COVID-19 epidemic, a lot of cities in China now, they actually slowly, slowly began returning to a new normal order. So for those schools and uh, colleges in different regions, they start to arrange their own schooling hours and their own schedules, uh, just according to the actual situation. So each school, they have sort of quite uh, talent ideas to um, create a message how to maintain the, the distance by their own way. So that's what happened in China at the moment. And also we, we realized that there's some changes have taken place uh, between the parents and also the students, especially for those uh, young age uh, students, parents. They used to be really careful about the quality of teaching and the destination and they can compare with the ranking and the school's results. Sure. But now since the COVID-19 happened, actually uh, the most important part um, come, come to the parents has become the safety. Right. So we, we've got some, well, it's not from our branch, it's from other branch in China. They've got some students from UK. They just go back to China and decided to change the whole study plan. That's, that's what happened. So I think there, yeah, there will be, I, I don't know what's going to happen next. But I think 
in another way, there might be a chance for, for us because we really perform good this time. Brian, from your perspective, is there something uh, similar that you, you've heard from your contacts and connections in China? Yeah, I think as uh, Jenny said, um, I mean, things has been moving fast um, in last, well, you know, a few weeks. Uh, I think a few weeks ago in China was considered as the safest place uh, in the world. And, and now I think because I think New Zealand's kind of um, got out of the uh, epidemic um, the first, I think that's a good sign for New Zealand, as um, Janet mentioned. Um, definitely we've seen signs, um, uh, increased inquiries about um, study options in New Zealand from China. Sure. And uh, what, what's the perception uh, in China of uh, how New Zealand has handled uh, the COVID-19 situation? What, what's well, the general um, feeling? Yeah, I mean, because recently it shows, it's, it's popped up a lot, like how New Zealand performed the whole um, COVID-19 and and we had a, a quite a good discussion between our um, students' parents. Actually, they feel quite confident about what New Zealand doing, and they kind of agree with just um, trying to lock down everything internally because their kids are studying in New Zealand, so they sort of kind of feel safe. But in another way, it stopped us to recruit new students, which is a headache at the moment. Um, but it good to see like our government is planning to open the door and the safe condition which might bring some more opportunities. I think at the beginning of the academic, uh, epidemic, the Chinese parents, they worried about the ability of New Zealand government handling the, the case mm. because they think, you know, New Zealand, um, they, they might not enough, not enough be, um, um, uh, hospitals, um, right. um, ICUs, and yeah. the ventilators. Mm -hmm. um, but I think as uh, things move on, um, the perception about the New Zealand government handling the case, um, I, th I think it's got more and more positive. Right, right. So considering the current scenario of uh, the number of cases in New Zealand and how the governments handle the crisis, uh, do you think New Zealand uh, is in a good place when it comes to Chinese students considering studying overseas again? Yeah, I mean, as long as we got the support from the policy saying um, New Zealand is ready to take Chinese students, for example, I'm sure a majority of our students will come back. Right. And it's still a very good timing to recruit the students who come back from UK and US um, and Canada. So right. there might be a chance for us, hmm. even though the gross number of the students who are willing to go abroad and study overseas, it might drop. Right. But for New Zealand, we are in a different position, which is quite a positive position. Uh, in, in, in terms of uh, the Chinese students already in New Zealand, um, your students and also Brian, some of uh, some of your students, have you heard from them? How are they feeling? Uh, what's been what's been their state of mind? Um, well, I mean, our student is kind of uh, it's it's different. It really depends on the different character and different age. Hmm. And yeah, for some really mature student, they don't really uh, been affected a lot. 
they are sort of independent and they have a really good habit of studying. So they could manage and organize themselves very well. But for some younger age students, we, we do have some um, year 13 graduates end of last year. So this year, February intake is completely new uh, start for, for his university life. Even though he coped, come from China and come to New Zealand and quarantine two weeks and start on time for the intake, but it's just because it's completely new online um, course. So he still kind of feel he couldn't cope. So right. after a couple months of online study, he decided to go back to China again. Okay. And now it's, it's end up with he decided to defer the program until next year. So that's the high school student, quite a typical case. But for other students, like they already study a couple of years or they already have some experience online or they already study in universities for a while. Um, they're familiar with the school system and they kind of understand how curriculum goes and they already have some knowledge um, about their major it doesn't really affect them and okay. they still just yeah behave normal right. keep going is, is, that, is that similar in your experience brand um yeah um around the level four lockdown time mm. um and before that, we uh, had Chinese students asking me to, um, like, when can I come right. uh, to New Zealand? I think um, the beginning of the level four lockdown, and I got a few students uh, actually uh, flew back to China. Okay. So they, at that time, they thought China was safer. safer. Right. Uh, then it's been very quiet uh, for two or three weeks during the lockdown period of time. And then I think from... This week, beginning of this week, I started to have inquiries from the Chinese students saying, you know, when can I come? <laughs> so you see the, the patterns, you know, the changing patterns? Yes. And I think that now, uh, yeah, because a few weeks ago, we got really worried, or oh, maybe, you know, they don't want to come. Mm. I think it's a positive sign to say, you know, uh, to notice they are wanting to come back now. Right. So that, that interest in studying abroad is still there uh, among Chinese students uh, based in the mainland. So they're, they're still keen on studying abroad, but the focus has shifted more towards uh, safety uh, than anything else. Is, is that kind of the, uh, the crux of... Uh... Yeah, I mean, safety concerns has become the sort of top right. priority at the moment. And then for those students who already not only have the plan and they already made the decision to come overseas and study, um, I believe most of them, they still won't come if it's safe. Right. But some of them, they might uh, stop because, for example, for those uh, under 18 students, the parents wouldn't allow them to, you know, mm. have a, a gap, like a year to sure. wait until they are able to come. So they right. definitely will change their um, study plan. They think that the New Zealand government uh, has been handling the... Uh, the, the case um, way better than you can the, the state mm. Uh, mm, from true. the very beginning. Yeah. I think that's, as Janet mentioned, I think that's, uh, I mean, in the future, if, you know, uh, hopefully not, um, something similar happened. I think 
people will have more confidence in New Zealand than other countries. True. In in terms of uh, the traditional way of recruitment uh, from China, do you think that will kind of undergo major changes in the way we recruit students from China going forward? Well, I mean, it's it's already start. Actually, it's already been changed because it used to be a traditional way when we recruit a student. We always uh, organize a face-to-face mm. um, consultation, and it's easier for us to share our experience. Like we study overseas, there's a lot of uh, successful stories, and it's easier for us to to convince the students and the parents come and study overseas. But now we have to change everything online, mm. and even though the parents or students they want to get some information from us, they don't really want to walk in and come to the office right. they prefer just communicate through hmm. yeah the new channel of like online internet or phone calls right yes yeah, so it, it's it's already been changed so in terms of that have you already been organizing virtual fairs um in in china um is, is that uh, the new normal in china virtual events uh, online webinars or seminars is that the new normal uh, yeah, I mean, for our company, because we uh, we already started to develop our own online platform, well, luckily, two years before. So we had a quite a mature online platform to uh, organize the online webinar for the student. And we already organized twice. Right. So we kind of invite all of our um education provider partners well a brand i think brand join us right <laughs> just yeah, for, there's another one on the 16th oh yeah mm. yeah i will be yeah i will be <laughs> on 16th as well so mainly we're just trying to bring our customers our parents um to online and let them to be familiar with the new way of um the whole education industry and we bring our um, panel schools online to promote the school. And also we put some um, demo class and online materials. So just make everything accessible online. Sure. And you don't really need to um, come outside and work to the office. They will get everything very handy at home. Sure. What's yeah. your experience been, Brian, of um, being involved in, in marketing from from this perspective, everything online, not face-to-face, no overseas trips. How, how's that been for you? I mean, you know, as um, Jenny mentioned, GDL normally run, um, they run three rounds of uh, recruitment fairs a year, uh, normally in March, in, in June, July, then uh, October, November. Of course, you know, um, we missed the March one. Mm-hmm. And the next one, um, I think starting from maybe from next week, there will be a series of online um, seminars or fairs. Um, yeah, we 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 started to learn about the new form of uh, recruiting digitally. Right. Um, if we want, you know, we, we start pro, um, to prepare uh, more digital uh, marketing collaterals. Mm. Um, as Janet mentioned, you know, we we're going to have some uh, like a demo class um, uh, recorded on uh, record the actually the real class, 
um, maybe more videos. Yeah, definitely there'll be. Um, um, I think obviously that's the add-on um, yeah. um, on top of the traditional face-to-face um, -face, uh, activities. Yeah, because we will go back to normal one day anyway, but yes. it's still a quite good practice to bring some new methods. <laughs> we start promoting <laughs> online, maybe in the future we could do this two, both together. Yeah, for sure. How open are Chinese students to online or blended way of learning? Or is there still an overwhelming preference for the face-to-face -face model? I mean, in terms of online teaching, um, China actually started relatively earlier because from January, the students um, already started online until April. No, I think until now, some of the schools hasn't decided to reopen yet. Mm. So all the students from like primary school to universities, they study online at home. Right. So the students in China, they have already experienced the whole process we are currently experiencing. So from the very beginning, neither student nor teachers, they are comfortable. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's kind of uh, crazy at a very early stage, but now they are used to it. Right. I think we are kind of in the same, similar way. So we are getting to it slowly, slowly everyone making progress. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think from that point of view, I think Chinese students actually, they are better prepared. Right. Would immigration settings have... Uh an impact on this model though. If for example, there is a change to the post-study work rights as a result of students studying part-time in China and then moving to New Zealand to complete their studies, would that make them reconsider this model? Uh, I think it will. I, I mean, for example, for those um, adult students who come to study either bachelor degree or uh, master degree, they are expecting they grant the work visa after they graduate. So if it's going to affect them, actually, um, yeah, I mean, they might will because of this reason to change the plan. Mm. And I've heard from UK, they are expanding four years work rights rather than current. I think they are offering two years. So I think they are trying to recruit the student again. <laughs> And we should compete with them. <laughs> I think yeah, use the blended teaching method will be um again something new. Um, as I think Chinese students they like um partially they like the online thing because they can review a uh, preview the um the teaching materials um beforehand and after mm. the uh, classes. I think that's kind of sometimes they do in, in China, you know, in, in, in uh, the Chinese uh, um, school system. Right. Um, I, I think yeah, the um, um, it's, it's, it's definitely something new to them. Um, but of course, you know, uh, the, uh, there's some um, concerns about the work rights. Um, right. I think students, those who choose to study in New Zealand, mm -hmm. um, they do have an expectation of um, 
getting some work experience after completion of their studies in New Zealand. Uh, also, in the, the not to study for for a qualification, also to have uh, the experience of uh, living and studying in New Zealand. Yeah, because we used to promote New Zealand, I mean, including the advantages like the good quality of teaching and also they will enjoy the life being here as a destination. So it's Definitely. kind of covered. They will, they are kind of expecting they will have the working experience and they might settle down in New Zealand in the future. Right. So if if we say we decided to, um, well, not give them the work rights after they graduate, I think we, we are losing those group of students. There was some good news earlier today with the Minister Chris Hipkins indicating that the government might consider allowing international students in if the institutions have system to quarantine those coming in. So at least there's some good news there. There's a ray of hope uh, for, for the sector. So when is it going to happen? <laughs> well, I, I wish I could answer that. Uh, maybe I'll just call the minister and, and ask him to see if he can come on the podcast and talk to us about it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good idea. Yeah, and yeah. you know, July intake's coming. If we miss the July intake, we sort of lose the whole year. If they could consider, let's say, um, a lot of students coming in July, we still save half year. Right. Do you think there's enough leading time there for the Chinese students to make it for the July intake? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be for everybody. If, let's say, for example, if a university or a school, they said we are ready to take those students mm. and we have enough, good enough support for the quarantine and uh, um, accommodation mm. or postal care, etc., then they were able to release, let's say, a number of students to come. For example, they provide a list saying we have capacity to host at least 10 or 20 students at one go. At least they could bring those 20 students in. I mean, right. slowly, slowly we, yeah, we go back to normal. Janet and uh, Brian, uh, are you happy with uh, the kind of support you've received from the government so far? And uh, what else would you like to see happen um, in this space to support education agencies like you uh, better. Are we free to talk anything we want? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so far, um, I don't really see a very clear, detailed structure to um, to explain to our students and parents. Right. Uh, I mean, even though we can see all the kind of schools, our those. Um, providers they are trying their best to support their students but by the end actually everyone have to follow the rules sure. so we need the instruction to say when we will be able to start um, to take the student how those online teaching should be looks like or it's gonna be i don't know like how long for example or are they gonna pass all the students who are sort of struggling at the moment online or are they gonna mm. support students with some scholarship or accommodation or kind of things because i realized some other country they already started okay trying their best to um 
keep their student because if they lose the student for this year, they might lose them forever. So hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, uh, I totally agree with Janet. Um, we, as a, you know, um, a provider, we need to know uh, what's the next move. Sure. Um, so we can prepare our strategy and um, sure. in advance. Yep. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned about the lead time. Uh, now is, I think, mid-May. Uh, try to normally start in mid-July. So we, we still have uh, two months to two months, um, yep. a lead time. Mm. Um, I think that will give us time to... Um, to sort out uh, you know, the quarantine facilities if mm. uh, we have to. And of course, you know, the airlines and the visa issues. Um, uh, and mind you, you know, we uh, how, are there about, well, uh, a few thousand students who mean to start in, uh, in March? So I think so, yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the visa, I think they've started the visa process. Mm. Uh, I think they are not like uh, totally new students. Mm. Um, so that may save uh, the, some, some time for immigration to process their, their visa because they, they are already in the, or in the, partially in the system. Um, so I think, yeah, we should have enough lead time if we get some clear message from from the government right about next step okay look that's all the time we have today i sure hope the government takes cognizance of your views and there's enough information forthcoming over the next days or weeks that will enable us to plan better for when the borders eventually open um, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on my podcast it's been an absolute pleasure having you both uh, here Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you, Sush. Thank yeah, you so much. Thanks. Cheers, Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Bye. Ryan. Bye. And that's a wrap, folks. Uh, join me again on my next podcast uh, when I catch up with Amit Chaturvedi, the Associate Director of Client Relations uh, from IDP India, as we discuss all things South Asia.